Welcome to the Agent Leader Podcast. My name is Brent Kelly. I am your host, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I'm going to discuss today, we're going to go deeper and continue a conversation on what I started on my previous episode around leadership capacity, agency capacity. Now, in future episodes, we're going to continue this conversation in terms of sales and service capacity. But there's much more that I wanted to discuss that I didn't get to in my last episode around leadership and agency capacity. And in fact, the previous episode I I recorded, and you don't have to go back and listen to that. In fact, it's not mandatory for this episode by any means. But that episode was really around leadership in terms of personal leadership capacity. And I challenge you, the agency leader, to think about some questions. In fact, three questions that will get you to go deeper into where am I most impactful? Where am I most effective? Where do I provide the greatest return for myself? And of course, the organization that I work with. So that's an important episode. But today, I want to take it a bit deeper and really in terms of sales leadership capacity. Sales leadership capacity. And this stems from some really great conversations, some great coaching conversations I've had over the past few weeks, and really, quite frankly, the past several years with the members of the Sitkins Network. And you know, I mentioned before, I have a great opportunity to have uh, impactful, real, authentic conversations with sales leaders in particular that are struggling with certain issues. That's what coaching is all about, to get people unstuck where maybe they're stuck. And this issue I'm going to talk about today in terms of, of sales leadership capacity uh, really got reinforced to me over the past few weeks and some of the conversations that I've had. Now, before, uh, if you're a producer or an insurance professional who's not in a sales leadership role, and I'm talking specifically to you, the producer, before you turn this off, if you haven't already, okay, um, hang in there because there's a different perspective to this that I, I hope you hear uh, and what I'm going to deliver today around sales leadership because um, it really is about uh, your own personal accountability. And we believe that Sitkin's group, that you you as a producer, you have Me Inc., your own company, which is part of We Inc. So these two definitely collaborate. And it's important that really any person of this agency hears this message because sales leadership is such a a, a crucial part. You know, I've I've mentioned before that I know with the sales leaders that that are in that role of an agency, you know, maybe they are a 100% sales leader, meaning that's their 100% role is leading, managing the, the sales team in their in their agency. Uh, a lot of agencies have player coaches where you've got a book of business um, and maybe you're a sales leadership, uh, sales leadership position where you're in uh, conjunction with three, four, five other people, right? So it's kind of like a leadership by committee. So whatever it is, I think this is going to be very helpful for you as I'm going to talk today about sales capacity. And I always want to mention this as well, that if you're an agency that's looking to get clarity, to build consistency, uh, to truly make a commitment on the right things to do in your agency, we'd love to have a conversation with you as part of the Sitkins Network. Uh, we are inviting more agencies into the network as we speak, and uh, it's not for everybody. But if you're an agency that is looking for true personal and professional growth, if you're looking for processes that are predictable and guaranteed, if you're looking to simplify things in your agency that maybe you've made too complicated and give your team a true platform to run on, uh, go to sitkins.com slash experience to learn about the best version possible experience and what we do with agencies. So I want to make sure you have that opportunity to check that out. Now, I want to get into to sales leadership. And 
initially, uh, when I was thinking about and, and, and highlighting and outlining some of the content I want to share with you all today, um, it brought me back to something I heard several years ago uh, from leadership expert and, and speaker John Maxwell. And he talked about the four M's of, of leadership. This actually uh, was part of a book that he wrote called Becoming a Person of Influence. And really, leadership is influence, right? And so this idea was interesting to me. And when I first heard it, I'm like, okay, uh, conceptually, it makes sense. I, I get it. Um, and now that I've worked with you know so many different producers, and now at this point, you know, with our, our membership, and we've got uh, really some great agencies that every single week I have a chance to have conversations with. I get to see how this really plays out and when it works and when it doesn't work. So I want to share these four M's that John Maxwell shared, and I want to put it in perspective of sales leadership in particular. And again, if you're a producer listening to this, or if you're in the sales side of things uh, listening to this, guess what? Um, this will be a message for you as well. So let's go through these, these four M's and, and what it means. The first M, and if you're taking notes at home, please take a note here, is model, right? To model, uh, to model what the right things to do, what those are. And by the way, I understand that uh, as a sales leader, you may have different responsibilities. So it's all, all going to look the same from every specific role that you have. But model the right mindset. Model, model the key behaviors as far as habits and how you approach things. Right, model the fact that if you're going to ask your producers to know the differentiation of points of the company or the agency, or be able to deliver as we teach an executive briefing at a high level, well, you should be able to do that too, right? Like that's part of this is don't ask your people to do what you either never done or can't do, right? That's not modeling by example. And of course, there's so many examples of that. That's no different uh, than me telling my child to clean up the room because it's a mess and mine's a complete and utter disaster, right? At some point, uh, even children go, well, wait a second, dad, you, you don't do it. Uh, why should I? Well, because I said so, because you have to, because I'm the leader. Right? That's not great leadership. Uh, and by the way, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, people convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. So if you try to convince people to do something that they don't believe in or buy in, and a big part of that is because you don't even model it, well, why should they? So the first part of this is just modeling the right behaviors and habits. And, and those things, understanding that, yes, you may have different roles and responsibilities, and you're not asking the producers, for example, to do everything that you're doing because they're different. But the mindset, the approach, philosophy, and of course, again, different aspects of a sales process, for example, you should be able to demonstrate that at a high level. Otherwise, why should they, right? So that's number one is model. I, have, I think most people get that. The second one is to motivate. And when I say motivate, I don't mean motivate in terms of it's rah-rah speeches all the time. If you give a good rah-rah speech, great, go give one. I have nothing against them. I love a good motivational speech, get you fired up. I'm talking about motivation, the fact that we listen that we understand that certainly you should be doing a weekly sales improvement meeting. Notice my uh, phrase there. I've done a podcast on this, not a sales meeting, but a sales improvement meeting. And anybody who's part of your team, um, you know, certainly should be in the room. There may be some, a few circumstances that might be different, but for the most part, that aspect of motivation and listening and understanding uh, should be provided by all, right? The fact that we, everybody on your team, it's part of your team should be resourced and equipped with the basic things necessary to be successful right? That, that you should pour out to people. So motivation. And this is what I, I want to, the, the crux of the conversation today is going to be the next step. And I think this is where sales leaders get, get stuck. And uh, the next step, uh, so it's model, motivate. Step three is to mentor. 
right? To be a mentor. And I could add in a mentor slash coach. And there's some differences there, but the approach itself that I want to talk about is the same. And mentor and coaching is when you go deeper with those that you serve, right? That you are truly engaging and you're you are investing your precious time, your precious energy, and your precious effort. Which, by the way, to go back to what I said, regardless of how you're set up, you know, whether you are a player coach, many of them are, whether you've got other sales leaders who help you in this, or maybe that's your your, your main responsibility is to lead the team, um, your time, energy, and effort is precious. And, you know, there's a, a principle that we teach our agencies that you probably have all heard of before, the 80-20 rule. We've talked about the 80-20 rule on this podcast, Pareto's principle, the vital few versus the trivial many. And we typically, uh, and certainly with producers, go very deep in the 80-20 in terms of their book of business and understanding focus and priority and, and where to invest their key effort areas, right? Because there is a substantial difference. There is a predictable imbalance in the universe, and we need to understand what that is and leverage it. Why? So that we can get greater freedoms. We have greater impact. We can make a difference in where we're trying to make a difference. So when I think about mentorship, this is where I want to spend the most of the time talking on this podcast today. And this is what a John Maxwell said. And this one hits people a little bit weird. Um, but I think when I say it or after I, I maybe articulate it a little bit better, you'll probably understand this. And here's what he said. Not everyone is worthy of your mentorship. Not everyone is worthy of your mentorship. Now, why is this so important? Well, because this is where sales leaders in particular get stuck. They get really frustrated. They get really exhausted and they get really inefficient, right? So all these things come together. It's like, well, you don't like what you're doing. You're not, you know, you're not having great success. The organization's not performing at the level you want it to, or you think it should. And a big part of this is because this idea of not everyone is worthy of your mentorship doesn't ring true. Here's what happens. Maybe this has happened to you or in your agency. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Probably heard that phrase before. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, let's face it. Some of the most unproductive producers on your team, those producers who haven't committed much time, energy, and effort on their own, are asking most of for your time, energy, and effort, and sometimes to substitute, substitute what they are not doing or not willing to do. And so you take ownership of that. Well, I'm going to help you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to do whatever I can. You keep pouring in time and you keep pouring in effort and you keep pouring in energy and you go, it doesn't make a difference. They're not doing anything. But you try it again and you try it again and you try it again and you try it again. Now, listen, if you want to look at the 80-20 principle in terms of, of agencies. Now, I understand this is not true for every agency. I understand that there are unique circumstances, all of that. But just understand the concept, the fact that 20% of something leads to 80% of something else. As we talk about the producer's book of business, the agency's book of business, typically we see 20% of the clients produce 80% of the revenue, predictable imbalance. I can tell you a couple of things with, with producers uh, from sales teams. And I work with agencies and I've got a few agencies that might have you know four, six, seven producers. I have some agencies that have 40, 50, 60 producers on their team. Right. So the ratio is the same, although the numbers may change a bit. But I will tell you that 20% of the producers from most sales teams produce 80% of the revenue. Now, we're going to get to what that means in a second, but 20% of producers produce about 80% of the revenue. It's close for most agencies. Here's another correlation of 80 20. 20% of the producers on your team 
cause 80% of the issues, problems, or suck up the most of your time. So knowing those two concepts, and those are two total uh, ends of the spectrum, right? So 20% of the producers produce 80% of revenue. Now, again, there's some, there's some nuances there we're going to talk about. And typically 20% of your producers suck up most 80% of your time, energy, and effort. Okay, we got to figure this out. So what happens is, is that we invest as a sales leader, the majority of our time, not the minority, majority of our time with producers who either don't care, don't commit, are complacent, uh, fight back, are resistant, uh, frustrate you, and you want it for them more than they want it for themselves. I mean, that that's what happens. Now, what does all this mean, right? And it's like, where am I going with all this, right? Does this mean that uh, if you have a producer on your team and they're new and they're starting and they only have a very small percent of the revenue that you shouldn't mentor them? No, please hear me. That's not what I'm saying, right? There are, there are always nuances to anything. There's always a bigger story in anything. But just understand, like you take a step back and look at the principle behind it, because here's what happens. If you look at a lot of agency sales teams, if you want to make this even simpler, you typically can look at it because this is very true. You know, all the different agencies we look at and work with, it's it's typically about a third, third, third. You have a third of producers who are doing really, really well and have big books of business. Now, by the way, some of those might be complacent or legacy agents. That's a bit of a different story, but there's a big chunk of business there. Then you get a third in the middle who, again, you've got some in that middle that are like, man, if I can give them more time, energy, and effort, if I can equip them better, if I can educate better, if I can resource better, if I can connect them better, they will take off. And you know it, right? You don't need a big workbook for this. This is called gut and conversation. You know it, right? So there's that middle group. And then there's a group at the bottom. And again, I'm not talking about those that just got started or you're trying to get through validation process. Because again, everyone everyone is owed that, right? You, they, they owe that opportunity if you bring them on your team. But those that maybe they've been there for a while and you know, gosh, it's not working. It's not happening. You know, I ask questions. I try to motivate them. I, I spur them on. I try to, I, I give them articles to read. I give them skills to work on and they don't do it. They don't care. They don't buy in. They don't want it. But you keep pouring this time and energy and effort with this group. Well, a couple of things that happens. Number one, it gets you really, really frustrated. And I had this conversation all the time. Remember, I just said it. You want it for them or they want it for themselves. And it just doesn't work that way, Right. Um, here's the other part of this. You've got producers either at the high end or even the middle end. Again, every situation is unique that would love more of your time, energy, and effort. They would appreciate more of your time, energy, and effort. They long for more interaction with time, energy, and effort. They're really close, right? And they're on their way, but they need more of you. Now, here's an analogy to think about. Because you as a leader, I talked about this last week of personal leadership, you only have so much capacity, right? That's what we're talking, this whole kind of series is about, you know, leadership capacity. I talk more about sales leadership capacity. We're going to get to sales and service capacity. So, you know, hang in there if you like this conversation because it's important. So, you know, you're filling your cup every day, hopefully, right? You're trying to fill up your cup. And by the way, I've got my, my cup if you're watching the video here, but you're filling your cup, right? More capabilities, more skills for you, more learning, more experience. And then you take that cup and you pour it. Into people on your team who, quite frankly, have a hole in the bottom of their cup and it just pours out. And you just keep pouring in and you keep pouring in and you keep pouring in and you keep pouring in and it just keeps coming out. Meanwhile, again, the analogy here is you got people on your team, they got a big old cup. They want that sucker filled, 
and they're just saying, hey, and you come over after you keep pouring your time, energy, and effort in those people, and you, maybe you got a drip or drop left, right? <laughs> a drip drop, you got a drip left in your cup, and you kind of, boop, there you go. Here's a little of me, let's what's left. Now, why is this so important? Well, again, from an organizational standpoint, you're, you're pouring all this effort into people, and let's be real here, that maybe they're two or threes out of 10. Now, there's a different situation on hiring and all that kind of stuff, but that just happens. Like no one hires perfect, right? You're always going to have issues. But you pour into people that maybe they're a three out of 10. And if you pour all the time, energy, and effort in the world in them, they might be a four. That's just the fact. Maybe they're in the wrong position, the wrong role, it was the wrong hire. It could be a number of things. But timers are only diminishing asset. And you got people on your team that maybe are five or six or seven. They're, they're right in the middle. And if you pour into them, they could be eights, nines, or tens. And by the way, what does that mean for revenue for the agency? Huge, huge opportunities, right? So just think about that from that component, right? That, that analogy of what cup are you going to pour into? Are you going to pour into a cup that's bigger and willing and receptive to take it, right? And by the way, they've earned the right. Because here's the thing, and this is, obviously I work in coaching and consulting. So this is a bit of uh, me getting on a soapbox here, but there, there's nothing more deflating when you see, and here's this bad word, potential in people. And you know what's possible for them. If only they would just invest a little bit more and they never do it. They're good. And at some point, they have to earn the right. That's what it says. Not everyone is worthy of your mentorship. They have to earn the right for more. Again, everyone gets a level of basic training and resources and equipment from the agency and where you're at. Absolutely. That's why they're there. But beyond that, you got people that say, hey, listen, listen, coach, listen, sales leader. Like, I, I want to get better. Help me get better. What can I do? Those are the people you pour more and more into, right? I mean, this is true for anything. This is true, I know, for me in sports. My or my, my kids that were in sports, my daughter was like, why is the coach always you know, talking to me and getting on me? I said, because he sees that in you. And when you give it back, he'll give you more, right? Same is true as anything in terms of, of production and sales leadership, right? So go deeper in that. By the way, here's where I'm going to get to my fourth M. I know I spent a lot of time on mentorship. The fourth M is multiply. So when you model, you do the right things, you motivate, you listen, you encourage, right, to everybody on your team, then you begin to mentor the right people on the agency that have earned the right for your mentorship. And hopefully it's a lot of people, by the way. You got more of that, you begin to pour more. And this is when it gets exciting because, well, gosh, what do I do because I'm running out of capacity again, is it begins to multiply. Now, whether that's another sales leader that steps in, or here's the what typically happens. You have your champions in your agency, if you don't already, your producers, that they're leading by example, they're leading by uh, demonstration, they're leading by success, they're leading by results, where it becomes part of the agency's DNA and culture, if it isn't already, right? It's like if you go to a, a very high level organization, you know, I can use sports on this or some great examples of sports organizations that they just do things differently. And that when you go to that organization, there's a level of expectation, not because the coach or the manager is always barking at you, but because that's who we are and that's the way we do it. Right. And when you've got people leading from the top, that's what great organizations do. It's all fostered in. It helps with buy-in. So that's the multiply. Right. You get to watch your investments in the right people. You've mentored the right people and, and empower them to grow. Now they're pouring to other people in different ways, whether it's directly or indirectly. Right. And here's the other thing. Um, this is really important. So even if you didn't buy anything that I just said right there, uh, 
there is no doubt there is an issue. We talk about people, 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 right? It's not easy. Leadership is not easy. But this idea that agencies are struggling with what? Attracting the right people, developing the right people. And here's a key one, retaining the right people. When you pour in your time and energy and effort and spending all this effort in people that don't really give a darn, right? Or don't care like some other people on your team do. What do your best people think? Now, sometimes they go, well, they want to be left alone, Brent. I mean, and, and you know what? To a degree, they that may be true, but they do want you to appreciate their efforts. Hey, you, you are rocking it. Is there anything else we could do to even help you take it to the next level? I love what you're doing. Now, again, whether that's trips and all that, I know there's things that happen with agencies, but as a leader, sometimes it's just this fact that, remember, silent gratitude is no gratitude at all. And, and if if you got someone who, I, I will tell you this, someone who was a, a $200,000 producer that became a $500,000 producer that came to a million dollar producer, guess what? Most of those producers, the growth producers, they're going, how do I get to one and a half? Not I'm good. Now, are there exceptions to that? Of course. But but the best people, the best producers are growing because they like competition. They, they like to win. They like to hunt. They like to find the fullest expression of themselves. And just sitting there for years is not what they want. Now, again, there may be different capacity issues and freedom things they want to look at. But at the end of the day, you as a sales leader need to continue to invest in these people, even if it's smaller amounts that you are being intentional with your best producers, just like you think you are sometimes with your worst producers. And of course, I've already talked about where the time, energy, effort gets disproportionate. But you always think about why do some of the best producers or team or talent leave your agency? Of course, we talk about lift outs and what's going on in the marketplace today. And you can't prevent this 100%. I get that. But part of that is it's amazing. This is a relationship business. People, just like we talk about clients, they buy on emotion. So does your team. I appreciate you. We have conversations. What's next for you? Those are things that sometimes you go, well, I don't know. We don't have the we don't have the money, the financial structure. Could be true to some degree to keep some people, but sometimes I'd just be like, you know what? Like it's pretty close and I wasn't appreciated. And I think there's more opportunity. They'll help develop me to the next level. Where I'm kind of stuck here now. I've I've reached, I've reached my ceiling here. And by the way, our sales leader is more worried about the people that aren't doing the right stuff than the people that are. All right. So Maybe this is hitting home for some of you. Um, maybe this is kind of like, ah, I don't want to hear this. And I don't, but listen, I mean, part of my goal in this podcast and what I do as a coach is I want to help agencies sometimes see things they may be missing. I want to help them execute of things. Maybe they've just been having ideas for a while. I want them to take action on things that truly have an impact on their agency. And this is something that we just see again and again. And if you're watching me, I've got a couple notes here. This is this is just pouring out from my heart because I love this business. I love when I see sales leaders in particular, which by the way, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I truly believe the sales leadership role, whether it's sales manager, whatever title you give, chief revenue officer, I believe that is the most difficult role in the agency. Now, this is not to diminish any other role because there's a lot of very difficult roles. We talk about producers and account managers and obviously agency principals and all the stress that goes into that. But many sales leaders, they are wearing more hats than anyone else in the agency. And they in many cases, have their own book of business, which they have grown and nourished. And they've got that responsibility. Now they've got these people who have these different backgrounds and experiences. And, you know, I always say producers are like trying to nail jello to a tree. They wiggle a lot. That's hard. 
right? Different personalities. Some are easygoing. Some are fiery. Some people are like go-getters. Some people are not. Like you got to figure out all that stuff. Well, I've got your own book of business and you got the responsibility in many cases to the executive team or the leadership overall to get results, right? So there's a lot that goes into that. So when I say all that, I just, the reason why that's so important is it comes back to the word capacity, capacity. So you as a sales leader, how do you maximize your capacity? And I think at a very simple level, but a difficult level is to really understand the 80-20 for you and your team. What is the 20%, whether it's the personnel, right? The conversations that you have, how you apply your time, energy, and effort, the 20% that gets you the 80% of the results you want. And by the way, when you get the results, it also provides greater freedom. And we talk about the best version possible. The best version possible is freedom of your time, freedom of the relationships, meaning you have better relationships, freedom financially, certainly you're making more money as an agency personally and, and as an organization and freedom of purpose that what you do matters because that's the that's probably the biggest thing of purpose. Is there anything more frustrating when you get passionate, you try to help someone and again, going back to what I said earlier, they don't care. It feels like you lose your purpose. Why do I even have this conversation? All right, so those things are, are, are critically important. So we're gonna continue this conversation um, in future episodes, and we're going to talk about sales capacity in particular, right? Sales capacity, and of course, how that reflects to service capacity. Because listen, you know, most agencies are saying we got to find more people, we need more people, and that is could be very well be true, right? I have to know the specific instant of the agency, but for many agencies, that is certainly true. But I would ask you, as an agency, as an agency leader, as an agency producer, I don't care what your role is. If you have an influence, you're a leader. I would ask you, but okay, people might be true, certainly. But what can I do? What can we do to increase our capacity? What are the things that are generating the greatest impact that we're not doing as much of as we should? And what are the things, quite frankly, that we're doing too much of that isn't generating much in terms of result or certainly isn't very effective? As always, I want to thank you for being a podcast listener. Um I really appreciate the growth of this podcast and the audience will continue to uh, publish things. I know I've got some interviews lined up uh, coming up. It's been a while since I've done some of those. So I'm going to get those back on the docket. I'm going to bring Roger Sitkins back in and get some of his wisdom on some of these areas of capacity as well. But again, if you're an agency that's looking to take the next step in your growth, in your journey, I'd love for you to learn about the best version possible experience process, what that means for agencies helping your agency understand there are four things that an agency can do very well and very deep. Alignment, green zone, retain and replicate, and obtain. And focus on those four things in particular system and order that makes results predictable and guaranteed. Thanks so much for being a listener. If this has helped, uh, leave a review, rating review. We appreciate that. You know, five-star reviews only, please. Aha. Uh -huh. But no, seriously, I want to thank you for that reviews. Uh, share this with other agency leaders as well. And we'll continue to uh, try to do our best, my best and our team's best to add value to you and your agency. Take care. The Agent Leader Podcast is brought to you by the fine folks of the Rough Notes Company. They are publishers of the insurance industry's leading magazine and technical insurance content. Rough Notes Magazine profiles successful agencies plus keen insights from respected experts on a host of must-know topics. Rough Notes Advantage Plus provides the tools to help your agency grow, providing authoritative information on complex coverage issues. Visit them and learn more at roughnotes.com.